Because your acts of obedience makes way for your family to come to Christ as well. You know, your acts of obedience is not just for you, but it's for your family to come to Christ. It's so that you will be an influencer in this, in this life that God has given you. And for you to influence many for the kingdom right where you are at. Right where you are at. So we're going to read in a moment. So if you've got your Bibles, just turn there and then just wait. I want you to pay attention. Because right now, I really want you to see yourself as an influencer right where God has planted you. Right where he has planted you, you are influencing nations as you remember who you are and you stay faithful at the post that God has called you to be faithful to. In this story, and I'm sure most of you know the story, but there's a widow woman. And this widow woman had an act of obedience. And that act of obedience made way for provision. Your obedience is making way for provision. Sometimes people get tired in the midst of waiting and they blow and they miss out on the very thing that God was actually setting them up to walk in. They do. And so, but this widow woman's act of obedience made way for provision for her, but not just for her. It didn't make way just for her, but for her whole, yes, for her son, but for a whole nation as she was used by God to help the prophet. She was used by God to help the prophet. Elijah was his name. Amen. How many knows this story? Well, we're going to, Lord, I thank you for showing us practical insights in this story because this is not just a story. This is a real life happening. This is a real life situation that really truly happened and so there are things for us to glean amen if we can glean from someone else's story if we can glean from someone else's testimony and our life can be made better for it wouldn't you say that's a pretty good deal i would yes amen so this woman gave of her last and the lord never stopped giving she gave of her last and the lord never stopped giving so we enter into the story here in first kings chapter 17, and Elijah was just about ready to perform his very first miracle. Did you know that? He was just about ready to perform his very first miracle with the help of a nameless widow that was in desperate need of help herself. So some of you might be able to relate to that. There is a miracle that is about ready to be performed and it doesn't matter if no one knows your name. It doesn't matter if you, don't, if you don't feel like you've got what it takes or you're not qualified. You're qualified because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus qualifies you. How many of you know in this room that you're called for greater purposes? Yes, it should be every hand. And if not, we're going to make sure that you do know this because that is the will of God, that you are called and that you're walking in your high calling. And you're doing so as you serve God, as you obey, as you serve him day in and day out. So this very first miracle is just about ready to take place with this man of God. But this nameless woman was used by God to help him in the miracle, even though she needed a miracle herself, which she got. She received her own miracle. But so did a whole nation. Why? Because your act of obedience is a blessing for you and for many other people. It is true. So when we come to this story, we see that she was gathering sticks. And Elijah, or yeah, Eli, Eli, Elijah, this is in, uh, let's see, in verse, in verse uh, 10 and 11. 
So she's gathering sticks, and in verse 10, he calls to her and he says, please bring me a little cup, a little water that I may drink. And, and, and he says in verse 11, bring me some bread. Bring me some bread and bring me some water. I see you're gathering some sticks. I see you're about ready to do something. I see that you're about ready to, 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 to cook. But bring me what you have. And we know what she responds with when, when you turn to verse 12. She says, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have any bread. He's a, he's a prophet. He's asking her for something that she did not have. I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour and a little bit of, jar, of oil in this jar. And she says, I am going to prepare it. That's why I have two sticks. I'm going to prepare it for my son and for myself so that we may eat it and that we may die. She had resolved in her mind that this was it. This was it. Some of you have resolved in your mind, this is it. And you're trying to be grateful for this is it. But God says, that's not what I've called you to. I want you to recognize that because you are at the place that you are at, and it may seem scarce, it may seem like this is it, it is never written in the kingdom. But if you keep your head right where God has planted it, which is in the word, if you keep your hand in the plow and not look back, if you keep focus on the one that is called by your, the name of Jesus is in you, right? Spirit of God in you. So the name of Jesus, who do you worship? That means his whole spirit is in you. When you keep your focus on him, God is going to bring the miraculous provision in and through you. He may send a prophet, but he says, I'm going to use that, that which is nameless. I'm going to use that which nobody knows. I'm using that that doesn't think they have anything to offer. I'm going to use that that is gathering two sticks so that she can make that last meal. Because I'm going to make that last meal last. I'm going to make that last meal not just last for her, but it's going to be for a nation. It's going to be for those that come after her. What she did was an act of faith. God has always moved when we move in faith, right? But in faith as to what he's called us to. So this woman, I think about this lady. And I think this woman was in her lowest of lows. Can we agree on that? She was in her lowest of lows. Her need was so, so great. But yet, as most of us that know the story, she, she gave. And we're not talking about finances. She gave what she had. And when she gave what she had, it, the giving kept on giving back. The giving kept on giving back unto her. Some of you do need finances. And this is a perfect illustration about finances. But some of you, it's not about finances. It's about relationships. Some of you, it's about a lost son or daughter that you just don't know how to reach. Some of you, it's about, it's about purpose and kingdom positioning. Where do I belong? You belong on your face, on your knees, worshiping and praising the Lord your God every day, every moment of your life. Do you not believe that as you're giving in prayer? Do you not believe that as you're giving in your, your heart's attitude towards the Lord? That he can provide for you and open up those doors and show you. And some of you will be like, wow, I had it the whole time. This woman had it the whole time. The provision was in her hands. The provision is in your hands. So in the name of Jesus right now, before I even move on to this or the story, I want, you, I want to come against that spirit, that lying spirit, that's always causing you to look somewhere else. Look over here, look over there, look over here. No, the provision is in your hands. God has planted you, he has placed you, and he's saying you have the mind of Christ, so it's important that now you stay focused on the will of God. Amen? 
Amen. Hallelujah. So I think about her and I just think about how she was at her lowest of lows, but yet she said yes, even though that that meal that she was going to make, you know, was going to provide for her and it was going to provide for her son and then that was going to be it, but it wasn't it because she, the man that of God, that God sent to her, Elijah, a prophet, knew that if, because this, this was an assignment from heaven, Elijah went to her as unto the Lord. That was an assignment that he had from heaven. We must know our assignments that come from God. We got to be that in tune with the Lord to know what is God, what, what is he in, what is he telling us to do, and what is he not? Because provision does come many times from the most unlikely place. You know, that he could have went somewhere else, but on, in obedience to the Lord, he went to this woman that would have seemed like she had nothing when he asked for water and when he asked for bread. She has two sticks a little bit of flour. Couldn't you have gone somewhere else? Her lack was so great, so great. She had absolutely nothing to offer. And that's what I think that God wants to get us at. Or at least some of us that maybe. He, where you don't, you feel like you have nothing left to offer. Lord, I have nothing to offer. She had nothing left to offer. What she had was not significant. What she had was just going to be a little tiny bit. And it was going to be over as soon as they consumed that little tiny bit. She had nothing to offer. When we realize we have nothing to offer but our whole life, our very heart, when we realize that we have nothing that is of us, in other words, our talent, our skill, our training, you don't have, God wants to take your nothing. He wants to take your emptiness. He's, and he says, just give that to me and watch what I will do with what you call nothing. Just give that to me and watch me move. And don't get in my way, by the way. Don't get in the way of the Lord Amen. when you watch him move. How do you think that there's been so many miracles in this service, at this church, I should say? Why? Do you think that it's because of a person that's standing here that has some, some, you know, some special ability? No. Why do people get healed when you pray for them? Do you have some kind of special ability? Are you like the elite chosen one? No. The power of God flowing through a yielded vessel will never be outmatched by anything that, the, that man can create. It will never be outdone. It will never be outmatched. He's looking for your empty. In other words, you come empty. And he's looking to be filling that empty vessel. He wants to fill the empty vessels. Instead of focusing on your lack and then coming up feeling frustrated or feeling agitated or walking in confusion because you don't understand. Let that emptiness, let that feeling of dependency draw you closer to him and being content in that which you have today. When you find that place of emptiness, but yet also content with him today is when God says, now I have a heart that I can actually speak into and do something through. Amen. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So it's only when you have nothing to offer that the greatest miracles take place. She had nothing to offer. 
She had nothing at all to offer. I mean, unless you count a little tiny bit of flour and a little tiny bit of oil, something to offer. She had really nothing of significance to offer. But when she offered her nothing, when she offered that which seemed nothing, when she offered that which seemed so insignificant, the greatest miracle took place. Because with the two sticks, with the two sticks that she had and with that little bit of oil, that she planned on making for herself and for her son, God did an incredible thing. And I want you to look at verse 13 now. Let's go to verse 13. Because he says here, Elijah says to her, do not fear. And this is, as I was reading and preparing for this message, this verse, verse 13, was the key verse. And I really felt this is what you need to hear. Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and for your son. Let's keep reading. For thus says the Lord, God of Israel, the flour shall not be used up, the oil shall not run dry, until the Lord sends the rain. Until the, the Lord sends the rain. In other words, she, he says to her, I don't want you to fear. No fear. Say, I'm not going to fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? I will not fear. Instead, she, he says, I want you to take care. See, most of the time people go, well, I need to take care of my own needs first. Well, I need to wait till all this is, is all settled and situated. You know, I, don't, I, can't, I can't do what God is asking me to do. I don't have the money. I don't have the energy. I don't have the time. You know, I don't have the resources. I'm tired. When is this going to change? When can I do what I believe I'm called to do? What do you mean? Today is the day of salvation. Today, whatever you have your hand, whatever you're doing today, do you not know when you offer a cup of cold water, that's service unto the king, right? So she did not operate out of self. She didn't operate out of self. She didn't operate out of a selfish nature. She instead operated in a sacrificial yes. Will it cost you? Yes. Does the anointing cost? Yes. Are you willing? We've got to be willing. If we want to, yeah, amen. If we really want to, if we want to hear, well done, right? If we want to hear that, that approval from the Lord. Do you know that your prayer life, nothing that you can do for the kingdom is going to be as significant as what you do on your knees? Do you know that it all starts in your prayer life? Nothing that you can do outside of the home actually would be greater or more significant than what you do on your knees in prayer with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Nothing. Let's get it right. Let's get it straight. God wants to increase the anointing in your life, not because you're so skilled or talented, because that's just a gift. Not because you're so skilled or talented. Gifts come and they go. But the anointing of God is what breaks yokes. The anointing of God is what's going to break depression off of a person. The anointing of God is what heals the sick. The anointing of God is what you want. Not a gift. Gifts are fine. They're great. But not void of the anointing. But how do you get the anointing? In prayer. You command. You continue to seek for. You press in. You, you, you command your own spirit to come into divine alignment with the will of God. You don't allow a selfishness to enter in. You don't allow a self-willed mentality. I need to do that. When in? When? When? I'm this age. I'm that. No, stop. Because you're actually working against the will of God in your life. Is this making sense? Yeah. 
So, because God, there's a call for every one of us. But I find that sometimes when you say that, people are looking over here and over here and over here. When God says, right where you're planted, there's a call of God for you to answer, for you to do. Amen? This woman recognized right where she was planted, the man of God came. The man of God came, and as the man of God came, the will of God was accomplished through the two, both, both of them together, right? The two of them, right? The oil shall not be used up. The, the, the flour will not dry up. So this woman chose obedience towards this man of God, and in turn, it was the catalyst to her future provision. See, I find that it's important that we find joy in the midst of wherever we're at, in the midst of the journey, in the midst of the journey, whatever the journey is, can you find joy in it? We should find joy in it. We need to find the joy in the, in the midst of where you are instead of allowing your heart to grow bitter because you're always trying to do or say or see or be or whatever, something else. God says that when you don't allow your heart to become bitter, when you don't allow your heart to become anxious, when you don't get ahead of God, God says when you learn to walk in the anointing, walking in it, like what does walk means consistently? means day by day, moment by moment, consistently. When you learn to do that, guess what happens? God's power, which is far greater than yours, will exceed anything you could have ever done on your own, anything at all. And you're just left in awe of what God does. I'm in awe of what God has been doing. I am in awe. Like every service, we, you know, whether we hear about it here today or whether we hear about it after, but people saying, oh my goodness, this is happening. This is, I left and then I got healed. I left and, you know, now I can move. My back got healed my you know my hand neuropathy left all that why because yes he's a god that heals yes absolutely but that's not he he chooses to move through a body of people that is so hungry for him that is not going to get in the way of what he is doing but instead is going to honor his holy presence that's what we are all about honoring his holy presence and saying lord Fill me and use me in what you've called me to. And so, like I said, this woman, like all of us, God will use your little or what you may think is nothing, right? And God says, if you just give me that little, if you trust me in that little, I will catapult. In other words, I'm going to increase. I'm the God of increase. I will show you. I will show you the specifics that you've been asking for if you just say yes. I lay it all down. I lay it all down. So there's something about supernaturally just that surrender in, in our hearts, which does bring a supernatural lifestyle. It really does. See, in the world, it's the opposite. In the world, it's the opposite. It's the more you can do, the more you can achieve, the better you can be, right? The more you, all that. It's the opposite. But in the kingdom, it says, I want you to come with what you have. I want you to come with little. I want you to come with nothing. I want you to come surrendered, and I want you to come open and and you, you might say, I am. I've been doing that. Good. Then keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Because as you keep on keeping on, I'm telling you, you know, you don't quit. You don't quit. You don't get tired. You don't allow the one that comes to kill, still, and destroy to kill, still, and destroy. So the word to this woman was, do not fear. The word to this woman, do not fear. She remained in faith, right? She remained in faith even when her emotions wanted to run. Can you put yourself in her shoes for a moment? I am quite sure that her emotions wanted to run. Let's fix this problem. Do you really think she just was okay with making that last meal and just being okay with her and her son dying? 
Of course not. I'm sure she ran through all kinds of scenarios in her mind as to what else could have been done, what else can be done. Well, this can't, I just can't. I can't just settle for this. I'm sure she wanted to run, but she remained in faith. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like um, Moses. You know, it's kind of like Moses. Here you are. You've got, you know, you've, you've got all, you've got the Israelite, you've got the Egyptians behind you. You've got all these people that you've spoken to for a long, long time. They believe, they, they're, they're, you've got their heart now. And now you're in the front of this Red Sea that just isn't going to move. Not in the natural anyways. It's not going to move in the natural. It's not going to move in the natural. What could he have done? Well, you know, I guess I was wrong. But he, no, he didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't go into the flesh. He didn't allow despair to sink in. He didn't want, oh my gosh, that's it. I just, I'm going to run. I'm going to turn the other way. There was no place to run anyways. But you know what? Still, in our flesh, we could have been like, I'm just going to run. How many of you in a really difficult time, you do things you don't even think about. You're like, wow, that was crazy. I don't even know why you didn't know what you were doing. Exactly. He could have ran. He was in a difficult position. But instead, he stood in faith. When we stand, this woman stood in faith, even though it didn't make any sense. When she stood, when he stood, God did the parting. God did the miracle provision. God did the multiplication. When we stand, right? She remained faithful to where God had placed her and the oil never ran out. There is, there is provision when you are where you are called to be. When you don't run, when you don't run. Wow. What the Lord said is when you don't run, you will see the greatest miracles. In our lack he richly provides. It's in our lack. He, it's when we think we can't. It's when we think we're done. It's when we think, what is this all about? It's when you get that type of desperation or discouragement. But you stand. Not when you allow your emotions to take over because we don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith. We walk by faith. And so that's what this woman did. And the, one of those reasons why I love this story so much about this, this woman here, that just, there's, she's nameless. We keep saying this woman, you know, because it doesn't matter. It's not about, she was seen in the heavens. God sees her. God sees you. You're seen by God. Elroy sees you. He sees everything that we do. Don't ever get discouraged and think, well, what's the use? How many of you heard that? What's the use? No one ever notices or no one ever sees or no one even, you know, everything I do, it's just never seen. It's, it, what's the use? Some people have said that to me. What's the use? Are you kidding? Who are you serving? Because God sees it all. God sees it all. So much can come from very little when yieldedness is your primary concern. Much can come from very little when yieldedness is our primary concern. Do you know that that's probably the hardest thing for some people is to really walk in a position of being yielded to the Lord? But when you're yielded, God can perform miraculous things because he knows that he can trust you. 
How many of you in this room would say, you know, the yieldedness in my life, uh, you know, I don't take credit for it, but I know it's all God, but I just want to continue walking in the yieldedness of God because I want everything he has. And I'm just going to in turn glorify him with it all. But it's a continual state. Yeah, a continual state of just walking in that yieldedness. Now there's others, and I know this, there are others that would say, I don't, I don't feel that way. I, I wish I did though. I want to feel that way, but honestly, you know, my, I can't say that that is where my, my heart is at. Make sure you talk to the Lord about that. We, we need to, that, that has to go. That cannot be something that limits, that limits God's fullness in your life. When you are trying to make it happen, when you're, try, when you're frustrated, when you're agitated, when you don't know what to do, and you just continue to try and force something to come about. That is not the will of God at all. And instead, he's saying, I just want you to learn the yieldedness. I want you to learn to be still and know that I'm God. I want you to learn to walk in my glorious presence. I want you to learn to walk in the fire of God. But that fire sometimes seems still. That fire sometimes seems really quiet. But God will direct you by his spirit. Amen. I know that you are get, you're receiving it. Amen. Hallelujah. So miracles define the life of a surrendered vessel who does not look at the cost to them. Miracles define the life of the one that does not look at the cost to them. If you're always looking at the cost, if you're always looking at, at what is it costing you, if you're always looking at that, then you're looking at the wrong thing. But instead, we should be looking to Jesus. And when it seems like too much, say, that's okay, Lord, I'm willing to do it for you. When it seems like, oh my gosh, that's okay, Lord, one more mile. I don't care if it's 10 more miles. I don't care if this is a lifetime. I don't care. We're gonna, hey, Lord, for you, it's all worth it. For you, it's why? Because you keep your eyes upon him. When you take your eyes off of Jesus, and now it's flesh. Come on, let's just be serious, and let's just make it plain. It's flesh. It means it's, it's our self-will. The spirit and the soul, right? Like our nature, our, our natural man, always trying to fight and argue and work against the spirit man. Who are you going to let win? So we have to train ourselves to let the spirit man win, right? So it seems too much, but I'll do it for you, Jesus. And if I have, if there's truly lovesick lovers for Jesus in this room, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, hey, that's right. We know exactly what, you know, she didn't win. She didn't listen to this. She didn't run when she felt squeezed. She, I don't know. I don't know about you, but when I read the Bible, I like to put myself in the story. I like to actually, there's a real people. Like I actually, what did she, what could she have? What was going through her mind when she felt squeezed? Oh my gosh. But yet she didn't find an escape route. She, she didn't. She wasn't looking. She wasn't looking for man to help her. She wasn't looking for man to solve her problems. Remember, this prophet came to her. God knows where you live. God knows exactly where you live. She didn't allow herself to put her trust in another individual. Don't make people an idol. Don't make me your idol. Do not make me your idol. You will be called accountable before the Lord. We are vessels before the living God. And I would not do right by you if every once in a while I don't remind you of that. Because I think it's just human nature. People just start looking at somebody and they think, oh my gosh, listen, 
God's spirit flows through me. Absolutely. I'm grateful. But it flows through you too. And he's just looking for somebody that says, yes, use me. Do whatever you have. But I'm just going to remain yielded to you. My eyes are not going to be upon, upon, the, upon the outcome, but upon Jesus. Constantly giving glory to Jesus. Right? So I see this woman as when she was squeezed, she didn't run. She wasn't looking to man to try to satisfy and fill her need. And she had a need. She had a, she had a great need. But she stayed, though the demand didn't make sense. It made no sense at all. And then his request, his, his demand, that made no sense at all. But also staying with the very last meal didn't make any sense either. But again, your act of obedience unto the Lord is your sustaining power. And we all need sustaining power. He will strengthen you before he breaks through out of you. We all want the Lord to just break through out of us, right? The power of God to break through out of us. First, he wants to sustain you right where you are. He wants to teach you how to stand in the midst of difficulties. He wants to teach you how to stand and find contentment. When I say stand, I don't mean you're standing there, but inside you're grumbling and you're murmuring. I don't mean you're standing, but inside you're just complaining and you just don't like and you're unhappy and you're just waiting, waiting. There's no peace. There's no joy because you're waiting, waiting. That's not called standing. You might be standing on the outside, but on the inside, you're not standing, you know. So the peace that passes all understanding, which is, you know, God will guard our heart and our mind as we stay in the word of truth, the word of God, right? It's going to guard our hearts, guard our minds, giving us that sustaining peace, that sustaining power, that sustaining presence for us to do the will of God. So why do I keep going over this? Because I know that there is an enemy of your souls that wants to deceive. He wants to deceive even the elect. The Bible says even the elect, if possible, he's always working on deceiving people, you know, and you can't take the bait. You've got to realize, wow, if I just would have been grateful, maybe I wouldn't have Maybe that wouldn't happen. Maybe if I would have just programmed my mind to say, Lord, I'm grateful right here, right now. I'm not going to allow a dissatisfaction. And the exact word that I had was this, disgruntled. Don't allow a spirit that would want to dis, be dis, like, ha, just have you be disgruntled inwardly. You know, you probably wouldn't know. I may not even know. We would not even know. But the Lord knows. And it's these types of things that when we don't allow them to be corrected, to be fixed, to be changed, that's how the enemy comes in and deceives even the elect. It's the thoughts. It's what we allow in our mind. That's what happens. He will. But God says right now, he says, you're, you're current. And so it's a reprogramming, right? So your current situation, say my current situation, is actually an entryway to my breakthrough. It's an entryway to your breakthrough. Your current situation is actually an entryway to your breakthrough. Whether you realize it today or not, doesn't matter. You can get bitter, but you're not going to. Say, I'm not going to. I I'm going to stay in the love of God. Hallelujah. You know, can we, let's turn to Psalm 1. Let's turn to Psalm 1 because, you know, obedience follows blessing. And when we, when we go to Psalm 1, just the whole chapter is not very long. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your word. But when we just read verses 1 through 3, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Right there we have, we have a description 
of when we want to walk in the blessed life of God, number one, we do not take counsel from the ungodly. I think we, should, we know this, right? But knowing and doing can't be two different things sometimes. But not on your watch. I prophesy over you guys. You know. You know the difference. And you're not going to be a hearer only. We're going to hear and be doers. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. That means the mockers, the, the sneerers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. Lord, our delight is in the law, is in your law. Our delight is in you. My pleasure is in what you're doing. My desire is in what you're doing, Lord. So, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. One sure way that you will never be deceived, you'll never be pulled off, you know, this deceiver will never have his way in your life, is if you keep your heart meditating on the word of truth. Day and night. Day and night. Getting counsel is great, but if your counsel, if your outward counsel exceeds the inward counsel of the word of God, you've got it backwards. Right? If you, you, know, you could go and run around and ask so many different people. If your outward counsel exceeds the amount of time that you are on your face receiving the inward counsel from the Holy Ghost, something's off. Something's off. So it says here, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And he, on that law, he meditates day and night. When you do that, say, when I do this, I shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That brings forth fruit in season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever I do prospers. Because I delight in the Lord, whatever I do prospers. You start saying that over your life? Because I delight in the Lord, whatever I do prospers. Because I delight in the Lord, my body prospers, my health prospers. Because I delight in the Lord, my family is prospering. My children are walking in sync with the spirit of truth. Because I delight in the Lord, finances are blessed and I have an overabundance of what I need. Because I delight in the Lord, everything that God has already spoken for before the creation of time is mine and I continue to see it increase day by day day. That's called delighting yourself in the Lord. That's called decreeing a thing and it's going to be established. It will come about. That is called you standing on the truth of God's word, not looking, oh, when I'm dissatisfied. No, I'm satisfied right here today. I'm grateful right here today. I'm going to be obedient right here today. There is blessings that come forth from obedience and obedience is not just an outward action, but it's an inward resolve. When we have an inward resolve of walking in obedience unto the Lord, when we say, Lord, I don't care what's going on or even how I think or feel or what others might be saying, I am going to be steadfast. I'm going to be focused. I'm going to look to you, the author and perfecter of my faith. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet. I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Father. We give you the praise and the glory. Hallelujah. Lord, this, this woman risked. She risked her faith. Her faith had to be higher than her fear. So faith was rising up, up and above and over any fear that was there. And I'm quite sure fear was there. 
even if it was, even if she was doing a really good job about not allowing it to invade her thoughts. But because she allowed faith to rise up and not allow fear to rise up, because it's always, they're both present, but she chose faith. We choose faith. We choose to walk in faith. Even if it looks scary and there's fear all around, and that fear might even, it may, it may be logical, it may, there may be a reason as to why the enemy's trying to pull you into fear. There was a reason why she, she could have walked in fear. She had no more provision. This would have been her last meal, her and her son. It was a desperate time. But Father, even in the darkest, most deepest, most desperate times, we will allow the faith to rise up, our faith to rise up and to look to you. And before any resolution comes, we will praise your name and give you glory. No matter what, before any situation looks like it's going to be, before we can even see at the end of the road, some go, oh, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Well, great, praise God. But what about when you couldn't see the light? That's when we praise him. That's when we say, may the faith of God rise up on the inside of me. For I will not run and I will not miss out. I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm going to stand in faith, being firm, and God will be faithful.